Hi, welcome back to Speak It with your girl, Shuli. I am here. If you're in the house, please drop your city and let us know where you're from. I see somebody that has tuned in from Dallas. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition. We're getting ready to speak it with April Narcisse and Tammy's son. These ladies are amazing. They are survivors, and I am glad that they have lived to share their story. Go ahead and share this because you want people to know and get the information that maybe they're not telling you just from a patient's perspective Two women who have just overcome this and they have their stories to share. We're getting ready to bring them on and we're just going to show love. So we're going to chat it up with them and hear their testimonies. It's Thursday. We can't call it Testimony Tuesday, but we're going to call it Testimony Thursday, because every day we're alive is another day to give God the glory. And then when you say, hey, it's good to see you, we can't take that for granted in this day and age right now. It's truly good to see people because we are facing unprecedented times. Like you hear that so much, but then to hear that someone that you know, I know personally, Tammy, and she knows personally her friend April, and therefore now April is my family. But when you know people, it changes your experience because sometimes you can feel removed from a situation if it hasn't touched your house. And you can go out there and get on club quarantine and have fun and try to figure out how to get your hair and nails done and how you're going to shop for your groceries. But in the meantime, you have a group of people who are literally, I'm getting chills already. Hold on, John. But you have people who are literally fighting for their lives and so many things are changing day to day and we're here to speak it. So welcome, Tammy. Welcome, April. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Yes. Are y'all ready to speak it tonight? Let's. Yes. Let's speak oh, yeah. it. I've been excited for this moment. I'm just gonna say a few greetings. We have people in here, y'all, from Austin, ladies. We have James Vandergrift that says, "Graham fam." Trina from Houston. We have Michigan in the house, and we know that Michigan has been impacted greatly as well. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. We won't we won't belabor this. So Tammy, definitely through our knowing each other, even with you going through everything, I still had no idea. Tell us your your journey. Thank you. And you know, many people who do know me know that I'm a very private person. So um, for me to even be on here is a big deal. And if you hear a little background, I do have family coming in and out. I apologize. That's okay. Um, so this all began, we had a, a, a convention that both April and I were a part of. And it was um, March 13th and March 14th. And um, it was in Shreveport, Louisiana, which was one of which was one of the cities that was impacted by COVID-19. But never in our wildest dreams did we think that we would be affected. Um, the Monday went back to work. Um, when I left work, I noticed that my truck was covered with pollen, and I am I suffer with sinusitis, so I was like, okay already know what's about to happen. On my way home from work, I was sneezing and I just attributed it to the pollen. Noticing later on that night, you know, I was okay. I took my Zyrtec, started my allergy regimen all over again. And then Tuesday morning, I felt a little warm, but I am, I'm 49 years old. So I believe that it was like a hot flash. So I didn't really, you know, pay it much attention. But the headaches I attributed again to the pollen because I hadn't had any allergy issues since November. So I'm like, okay, it's that time again. I'm gonna, it's I'm going into my allergy season. And then um, later on Tuesday evening, I, I said, you know what, if I don't feel better, because the headaches just would not stop. Um, it felt like a like extreme sinus pressure. 
by the Wednesday morning, I still had what I thought was a hot flash, but it was a low grade fever, um, the headaches, and then more, a little slight back ache. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, since my face is feeling really pressured, I'm gonna go on to um, urgent care and get the shot. Well, Wednesday evening, I went to urgent care, got the steroid shot, and usually within about, for me, two hours, I start to feel the effects of it to where it's like, okay, I can I can make it. But my headache would not stop. That was the, that was the main symptom for me initially. And I pushed through, you know, um, Thursday, we were working from home because this was the new order. Um, then my symptoms began, you know, the headaches, the back aches, the low grade fever, and it continued to progress. By Friday, when I did a Zoom call, um, not knowing that my coworkers were concerned because I looked a little funny, um, but they just attributed to just the sinus pressure. So I was like, okay, Monday, if I'm not feeling better, I'm going to take half a day. Well, Saturday, it was like it kicked into full gear because my head, I just wanted to do this and put it to the side. Um, my back was hurting. I couldn't, I noticed my the sense of taste was leaving. Um, my sense of smell was leaving. And I'm like, okay, I gotta go back to, I have to go back to urgent care because they, I didn't get any cough syrup. I didn't get any antibiotics. So maybe this is the reason why, just totally clueless. And at no point did you think it could be COVID? No, 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 because because I was walking around, I'm a germaphobe, so I was walking around with Lysol wipes and um, Lysol spray. And so I, they gave me the medication, the um, antibiotics, which was a higher dose. And um, I took that and I started to feel better. Um, but not to full capacity. By Sunday, it was like, boom. That's when I hit the wall. Monday, I did my half a day, and I was told that I just need to take the rest of the week off because they could see I was sick. I couldn't really see it. I mean, just clueless. Couldn't taste, couldn't smell. Head was still hurting. Um, Back aches. I was moving slower and slower, and I attributed most of this to being stressed just with the new order of working from home. Um, What we do know is that if you're stressed, that affects your immune system. So that's basically where I was. And I'm glad I was in that clueless state. Um, The last symptom that hit me was diarrhea. I know a TMI, but- But um, it's a thing. It's part of it. It's It's a real thing. I had to force myself to eat so I could take the medication because my didn't have an appetite. So within those two weeks, I lost 13 pounds. I've gained uh, half of it back, but- Honey, and that's not the way you want to- That's a wonderful thing. But by the the Tuesday of the following week, a week later, that's when I got tested because it was like after the half day, I got tested. Well, while waiting for the test, it was 12 days before I received the um, my results. Well, then, yeah. Go back to that timeline again. Tell me again, so the date of the conference, you went to the conference. Tell me that one more time. That was in March. Friday the 13th. <laughs> Friday, March the 13th. And then there was this decline. The decline. Tell me this period. Tell me those days again. So from the 13th to the what before you finally went to the doctor and the 18th. Okay. The 18th was the first visit. But it was a five-day period from the time you went to that conference until you start from that time you started seeing symptoms like five days later. Yes. Yes, that is absolutely correct. But then it took you 12 more days. To even get 
your results from to get the results and what i want to say about that i was being pushed to call and i'm i'm very obedient you know when the people tell me that i'm not supposed to call that they will call me i wait patiently i'm not calling because you said you were going to call me and but during that time of wait mm -hmm. that was the time when i started to find out that people that we were in contact with tested positive. And that did something to the psyche to an extent because I'm like, okay, I know this person tested positive. This person, we were like this. Jesus. Talking. I'm like, and, and then I started, I was like, wait a minute. You know, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. You it was, it, it was, that was the stress factor that I experienced as well. And then I was so concerned about them, but still in denial, like I have sinusitis. It's it's not, it's it's not COVID-19. I have sinusitis. And um, but then once the, like I said, once the the people start I started finding out that people were testing positive that were within my reach, um that's when that was another wall I hit. And I reached out to um, a group of my sorors who it was just by by chance. We were joking about something. I was like, wait a minute, I'm coughing. I, I can't. Wow. I, I can't. And she's like, what do you mean you're coughing? Like, what? wait, hold up. So I inboxed her and I gave her the full rundown. And immediately they called a prayer group. And it was like, and I already have people in my life that's praying and I'm praying for and but it was surreal to feel the genuine love from people who did not know me right. you know i'm that person that's always reaching out for everybody and taking care of everybody but for some for people who didn't know me yeah. to just hey we're going to do a zoom call and we're going to pray that was that lifted my spirit yes and that was literally the turning point where when I felt like this, I started to go up. So the cluelessness and having that support of positive people who can pray you through. April and I continued to talk during the whole time mm -hmm. and we would just do check-ins, 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 you know, just to, just a little bit to check in and she can vouch for it because we were both trying to see our daughters out of the dorm, but, <laughs> We'll talk about that. <laughs> no, because that's when they were shutting down the schools and the kids had to go home. There was something going on at the very beginning. And like you said, that honestly, at that time, when they started talking about it's, it's a thing, it's hitting us, and we have to consider shutting down the country, people still weren't really taking it seriously. So, it, and I, And it makes sense that, like you said, you're using the word clueless, but just feeling like it still was not that it wasn't real. Yeah. And then, like you said, you're experience, experiencing all of the symptoms, like you're listing them out. And now we can say, girl, you had it. But then, you had it. But then you're like, everything else. Okay, so now let's bring April in because like you said, this is where your stories, when they talk about the contact tracing, if people aren't really familiar with that, it's like when a person has symptoms, they're really getting into that phase now, even though they said they were doing that in the beginning. They did it with the people on the cruise ship. When somebody gets diagnosed, then they go back to where they were, the people that were around them to try to figure out where did it start? And then they test everybody that was in that in that area or in that vicinity or whatever, just and to decide what to do based on the se severity of their symptoms, correct? Right. That's the contact tracing. So now, the link, April, Tell your story. Tell us about your journey so then we can kind of marry these stories. Right. Um, so um, my story begins um, pretty much at the convention now. Um, I think <clears throat> my immune system, I don't have any underlying conditions like high blood pressure or diabetes or anything like that. But the month prior, I had bronchitis. So I believe my immune system was still just trying to build up. You know, uh, we hear the reports on the TV, what was going on, um, go to the convention, not thinking or assuming that would 
I would be one of those people, but um, convention whole weekend. Now I started having a dry cough, but I uh, thought it was just a pollen because it was getting worse, you know, at that time it was on the vehicles and stuff. So I was like, okay, well that's, that's where the cough is coming from. Um, but come back home, the convention each day, the cough just got a little bit worse, a little bit harder. Um, and that Thursday, um, my husband's like, he said, no, you need to call the doctor's office because it, it just doesn't sound right. And I was like, okay, I'll call, I'll call. And um, so I called to see if they would just call me out like a you know strong cough syrup or some, something like that just to kind of suppress it a little bit. And she was like, no, I'm going to need you to go get a chest x-ray. Let's 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 do that. And then we'll see what the next steps are. So I do the chest x-ray and they call me back and it's like, you have pneumonia. And I'm like, oh, wow. But not no, we didn't even talk about that. Didn't even mention that at all. Um, so she was giving me antibiotics for pneumonia. So I'm taking those those meds. But each day I was getting a little bit worse, a little bit more fatigue. Um, that weekend, um, our daughters had to, you know, move out of the dorm. I couldn't go because I just I just didn't have the strength. Plus, I had the pneumonia. My husband wasn't going to let me go. Um, so that's going on, but even more so just coughing and coughing real hard and, and it, it was just, it hurt it. Um, but then chest started hurting, uh, started getting, um, achy, um, at that point, um, that week, um, maybe that Monday realized I didn't, I couldn't smell anything, couldn't taste anything. My appetite was leaving. Um, and similar to Tammy, I was forcing myself to eat, to take medicine. Um, but I really, uh, looking at the food, I just didn't, I couldn't taste it. So it, it just it just wasn't pleasing. Um, and then we received, excuse me, notice about other people within that convention. And I was like, oh, more and more, watch the news. They would list those symptoms. And in my head, I'm like, oh, this is not good. You know, I kept it as pneumonia. I was like, it's just a pneumonia, I don't have it. But then after a while, more and more, we were hearing you know, other people being positive and stuff. I said, I need to, to get tested. So went that Wednesday um, to get tested. And during that time, I, progressively I was getting worse, um, getting all the symptoms. Now, but the only symptom I did not get was fever. Okay. Fever didn't show up until I went into the ER. Um, but more shortness of breath. It was taking me longer to walk. Um, I would kind of just play it off in the house in front of the family um, and walk, but I would have to sit and really take some breaths to gather myself. I would just have to go in the room and just kind of gather myself, you know? Um, and I was like, this is what And I was just walking in the house, maybe, you know, just even 10 feet. It was, it was, it was, a, it was starting to, it was beginning to be a struggle. Um, you know, I, I was probably walking like an 81 year old person and I'm 41, you know? Um, so that Wednesday I go get tested. Um, and each day I'm progressively getting worse, but I'm just putting on the front that everything is, you know, good. Uh, it's just a pneumonia. This is what pneumonia do. It does take, it take a lot out of you. Um, but as, as I started coughing more, I was losing breath as I would cough. So it was to the point where I was sleeping. We're having a little bit of interruption and we're gonna wait for her to come back. In the meantime, Jonathan Love from Chicago said, wow, just listening to you ladies' stories, I mean, it's just, it's believable. I think she's going for to come back. Tammy, go ahead and kind of tell us some more while she while we're waiting on her to come back. You guys were staying in contact. What what were those conversations like? Well, because we were at the same, you know, the the start place, we would contact and talk about. Basically, are you having these symptoms? Um, so this person is tested. We were all together. 
are you okay? I just want to check in, see if you're all right. Um, I thought I could make it to the, to the dorm to help clean up, but clearly I couldn't because I couldn't even get myself together. So I was like, again, clueless. But um, those those were the type of conversations we were having, just pretty much checking on the well-being of each other and making sure that we keep each other uplifted. Yeah. And then, April, you were telling us about... An- well, first of all, let me not pass that point. You said connecting and staying connected to each other, keeping each other uplifted. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking how hard that must have been going through that together. But then also the comfort of knowing that you had each other at the same time too, just to kind of reach out and and just kind of keep each other up to date. Like just to, to me, like maybe will make me feel a little safer. Just knowing somebody knows what I'm going through. Everybody might not. Right. Okay. And then April, right. you were telling me about the, before you got disconnected, you were telling us about the, the shortness of breath and you couldn't walk. Right. It, it was to the point to where I was sleeping up, propping mm-hmm. my pillows up. Um, just cause if I would have a, a cough at night, I knew it, it would, take away from me, you know, so I made sure I stayed propped up. Um, but come, come the Friday, which is probably March 27th. Um, so diagnosed March 19th with pneumonia, tested March 25th for the COVID. So, you know, waiting on the results, haven't had the results. Um, March 27th, um, that Friday evening, I started coughing and I couldn't breathe. It's like every time it was a battle between cough and breathing. I'd cough and my breath would go away. And I'm in the living room with with my with my husband, and he was like, he 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 said it. We did a Facebook live last week, and he he felt helpless because he didn't know because he would ask me what what can I do, and it was like I can't respond because I couldn't I couldn't talk or, or anything like that. I broke out in a, a sweat. Um, and it took me about 15 minutes to out from the living room to the bedroom. It felt like I, I, if I could take my chest and just open it up and just get my just something, just yeah. whatever, you know, to help me breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gathered, you know, started breathing and pretty much kind of calmed my mind down to like, OK, this is this is not the end. You you gonna you gonna get through this. You've had a fit before. Just just take your time and you know it it it, it worked. And plus he was praying over me. He he went he he went um, grandmother style. Went get the all and laid his hands. And he was like, okay. Once I gather myself, he said, we're going to the hospital. And I was like, no, I, I, I I'll be fine. He was like, we're going. So I was like, okay. Let's go. And he was like, you going to change? I said, let's go. Like my hair was just a little bit wilder than what it is now. Um, I went with what I had on, um, get to the hospital. And at this point, only who's ever, who, whoever is sick, that's who can go in. So he's in the driveway. I'm walking in and I'm going to the desk and I'm still, my, my shortness of breath I'm, is, is horrible. And the nurse is like, what's your name? And I'm like, lady, are you serious? And I'm giving her my name and all of that. And she was like, okay, date of birth. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. And I'm giving her that. And she was like, okay, you can sit and the nurse will come with you. And I'm like, like, you know, I heard somebody talk the other day. It's like breathing through a straw. Jesus. Like that's the only way I could breathe. Like it was like a little tiny hole straw. And finally, the nurse come and get me, and he's moving a little bit faster, and all of that. They get me to the back, get oxygen on me, and all of that. But the fact that my husband had to sit out in the parking lot, you know, and I still have my phone. I'm texting him. I'm pretty much telling him everything that they're doing, you know, to me. Um, yeah, they started doing uh, oxygen. They started hooking me up to IVs. And now, at that point, I hadn't had, didn't have fever, but my fever was up to 102 once I got into the back of the ER. And my oxygen level, oxygen levels um, are good between 95 and 100, you know, just our normal oxygen level. If we run and walk or what have you, the oxygen level will go down a little bit, but I was at 75%. So uh, it, it was it was down big time. Um, 
is not <laughs> anything of the right yeah um so uh they started doing blood work um they did chest x-ray they did a ct scan with contrast and that was to make sure i didn't have a pulmonary embolism going on as well because that was the same symptoms as if i was having that you know that could have been a a, a cause as well um and then they asked have you tested for covid i was like yes i have they said okay we're going to test you for flu so they test me for flu I knew I didn't have the flu. I told them what I had, pneumonia and all of that. Um, and it, I stayed at that particular ER about three hours because they was doing all kinds of tests just to bring my breathing down. I was actually breathing. I was texting my husband when I could. They you know, had me hooked up to the IV and stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm breathing good. I'm, I'm okay. Whatever they're giving me is, you know, you know, I knew it was like, you know, uh, I was dehydrated. So they was giving me fluids and stuff like that. I'm going to go home. Doctor comes in. He said, well, we're about to transport you. What? Transport me? He was like, yes. He said, this hospital is not set up for what is going on with you. And we're going to send you to um, a particular hospital that is strictly for potential COVID patients and COVID patients. It is... Um, um, the air is cleaner. Uh, is only those people that belong on the floor is the nurses and the doctor. That's it. Nobody, not even nurses that work at the hospital on other floors, can go on that floor. So that's how strict that floor was. You know, so it's like, just sit here. You know, uh, wait for the ambulance. We'll wait for them to come and get you and stuff. And I'm like, okay. So can my husband come in before I leave? And he was like, no. That was my. How did you stand there feeling like my husband is outside? You're telling me all of this. I'm trying to text, but how did you feel with all of this going on? Because it seems like a lot was happening. It it was like really a lot. Um, even in the the, the room that I was in, I'd come in and out because I was doing all kind of you know testing and trying to find my vein, just all of that. And I'm like, oh my god, this is I've never been in this position before. I'm in, I'm literally by myself. And uh, I was like, well, I, I told him, I said, hey, you can go home. They, you can't come back here. Nothing like that. He's like, nope, I'm not leaving. He said, I'm not leaving until I see them. He said, I'll follow you to the hospital. I said, I know, but you still, they're not going to let you in, even though we're going to a different hospital. He, that, the doctor said, he said, you can tell your husband to go home. Wow. Just like that. And you, know, you background, I hope you understand a little bit better what was going on. Yeah, because I knew, you know, I knew with the blood gases and all of that and oxygen. And I was like, I knew I was I knew I was at a state that I needed to be in the hospital. Didn't want to be in the hospital, but I knew that it, it was better for me to to be in the in the hospital. Um, just because of the levels and everything. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, this is really happening. This is what they're talking about on the news, you know? Mm -hmm. And the funny part is I was uh, that night, that Friday night, I don't think my son even realized we left to go to the hospital because <laughs> he had just got, he had just got off work and his, and he, the way he decompressed is game system. And I don't, he never noticed I was having a fit. It, it, it didn't even bother bother him and he didn't even know he didn't realize until his daddy came back and i think that's okay <laughs> but it's kind of funny now like i didn't even know i was i was gone um how old is he he's 20. okay yeah <laughs> and my daughter um my husband said he said i didn't text kennedy and we, i didn't let her know yet but she texted me she was like hey how you doing well i can't lie to my daughter you know, so I said, I'm, I'm, I am in the hospital and I said, but mama will be fine and all of that. You know, I'm, I'm just glad I was coherent in order to do the test texting and let them know, you know, kind of step by step what was going on. But getting into the ambulance and everything, I was talking to the EMT guys. I was trying to I was trying to sweet talk the EMTs and be like, hey, do you think, you know, me coming out of the hospital that I could just tell my husband bye or what have you. He was like, he thought about it. He was like, no, ma'am, we can't do it. And I'm like, oh, okay, but I tried. But I, so I text my husband, I was like, okay, they're about to transport me. We're about to walk out, you know, they're about to push me out and all of that. They had me on the gurney, all that. That right there is just eerie. 
just being on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eerie. Give me one second. There's a little bit of feedback and I'm not sure. Okay. We're going to do a, a quick sound check and then we're going to keep going. All right. Seems like there's an echo. It went away now. I think it's gone because I, I want to be able to hear you and I want everybody to hear okay. your story. Okay. okay. That, that sounds that like we're going to try it again and see what happens. So you're okay. on the journey. You were being transported. Now tell me where, where you are. This It started in Shreveport, Louisiana. That's where you felt like you, you all had, the, not even felt like, but at this point, where are, where you all were in contact kind of place. with someone. Yeah. And now take, I'm in, take us I'm in, I'm in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Okay. So, um, and you know, that's two hours from, from Houston and an hour away from, from Lafayette. Right. And um, so, uh, yeah, that was just an eerie thing. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm about to go to the hospital. Um, don't know how long I'm going to be there. You know, um, no, no family. You know, you can't have visiting hours. Like, this is totally different. That's, that is. And then you and Tammy were keeping in contact with one another. Tammy, where were you? At what point? Did you know that your friend had gone into the hospital and how did you all kind of navigate that? Because at this point, I'm like, OK, support system just broke down. Both of y'all are going through it. Well, and you're exactly right. We were both going through it. Can you hear me? Yes. We were both going through it. And that was the Friday night was the first night we did not contact each other. The Friday night, I was like, oh, I, I got to send April a text check on her and I fell asleep. And then the next day she was coherent and she sent us a text telling us, Hey, we, um, I'm in the hospital. I was what would you say? Rush ER. You went to the emergency room and, and I lost it. I literally lost it because I'm like, I was supposed to, touch base with her the night before and I didn't and like reality started to set in like don't take anything for granted when you have that push to check on somebody do it immediately and I was guilty guilty of that you know I, I but I was going through I fell asleep I was about to say you were going through it yourself <laughs> I fell asleep trying to breathe and whatnot as well but yeah, that was that was devastating. Um, we gave her that day. We have another friend who we it's it's three of us, our three daughters and the three moms. So we basically gave April that day to, you know, settle. But we was we sent her the message. Hey, we're praying for you, sis. Um, let us know what you need. You know, those type of things. We we are lifting you up in prayer and didn't hear from her until later. Hey, thanks guys. Or she would click a love sign on, on the text, but not knowing that she was fighting to breathe. I mean, like maybe a text was wearing her out, you know? Yeah. Um, I think when I finally spoke to her, it was April Fool's or the day before April Fool's. Mm -hmm. It's Tuesday. Yeah, because um, I called her. She didn't answer. So I called her daughter, who's like my niece, my other daughter. And I was like, hey, Kennedy, um, just wanted you to know, talk to um, when you talk to your mom, tell her about some things that, you know, was going on. And when you get a chance, just let her know, you know, we love her and we're still praying for her. Wow. And, and she called. <laughs> she FaceTimed me and yeah. I literally just broke down. I mean, that was just like the best ever. Like I felt like I was right there and I'm a silly person. So I was cracking jokes, but really like, okay, she can't really breathe. I apologize. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry for cracking jokes and making you yeah. laugh, but I was yeah. so overjoyed to see her. Um, on that call. And one of the funny things that she said was, 
you know, we have I have aliens that come in every so often. I'm like, wait, what? Aliens? Now, was what that the medicine or what was no, that? No, the, no, the, the nurses—they're so covered up. The only <laughs> thing that I could see is their eyes because they have the head, the shields, they have the the. Uh, bonnets over their head. They have these big white gowns, you know, overalls and the another yellow gown on top. And they tie that in when they come. So that when they walk in the room, they had their cover up over their scrubs. Plus they had another um, paper yellow gown. They would put it on. So the only thing I could see was their <laughs> eyes. I think I couldn't see anything else. You know, so that's why I said, you know, I got aliens that come in every once in a while. Well, the fact that you both were still in good spirits, Tammy, two different experiences in terms of you, you experienced the symptoms, you're Tammy recovering at home, a quarantine at home, April, you're quarantined in the hospital. And then you have friends and you're hearing about other people that are going through it as well. And you're getting some, some support. There's Cassie that says, Cassie Porter, and says, I'm so glad you all are better. And I posted on the screen earlier, Latrice Nash said, thank God that you are here to tell the stories, well, tell, to tell your stories. Aquila Johnson says, God is good. Yes, he I is. mean, you're, you're definitely getting the support. God took care of you. And again, not something that you necessarily want to go through with your girlfriends, but at the same time, you're, I mean, just that, having that, that bond, that relationship, you can keep each other laughing because there's nobody that truly understands it, like somebody who's in that same situation. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of, we've talked about your journey, getting diagnosed, quarantine. Tell us about any regimen or anything you did. How did you start to get better? Because obviously you're here to tell the story. So you're on a better side of this thing. Tell us about any regimens or things that you took medicine, natural remedies or anything. Well, I can start. One of the things that um, my cousin told me that I needed to stay hydrated. Um, I drank a lot of water. I also increased it with this V8 super hydration drink. Um, and every morning she said, one of the things that she had heard was to drink warm liquids. So I would drink lemon and ginger tea every morning. It sort of lo loosens up the mucus or whatever to where it's not just sitting on your chest. So I can't say that that's so, that's really, really, that's really medical, but it worked for me. Um, staying hydrated and most importantly, orange juice. That orange juice was like an elixir. I mean, I drank the orange juice and I immediately felt better. No, it didn't last long, but I felt better. So I had to balance it with water as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what, wait, what about medications? What did they give you medication wise? So I had cough tablets, okay. a cough syrup, syrup, cough gel caplets, okay. a cough syrup and, um, the antibiotics, which was a high dose of antibiotics. Wow. Um, oh, and breathing. I noticed in the beginning, you know, to take a, a deep breath like that, it was very, I couldn't even get to that point without coughing. So I decided to just enroll in yoga breathing exercises because both of us are singers. And I know at some point I'm going to get back in the choir, but I have to have, my breathing has to be on point in order to hold a note so it doesn't go like that. And I don't start coughing and, um, and just to be beneficial. So breathing is something that I was doing anyway, but now I incorporate it even more so. Then breathing is a residual for you that your breathing is still not back to what it was before. My breathing is still not back. I do get a little winded sometimes, but it's not as much as um, the third week. So now, and and my voice has gotten back to the soprano range to where I don't sound like um, Vera DeMilo. 
from Mad TV. Oh, I was like, what is that? What's tell us about Mad TV? No, uh, in Living Color, Jim Carrey's um, character. Oh, got it. Got it. So it took yeah. your range. Your voice was lower. Your voice was impacted, and your breathing. And that's one of the things they're saying. It it almost mimics a COPD. And I can't help but show my my voice nerd hat in this. And with COPD, like you said, you see those voice problems, you see the challenges and you have those things going on. And that was one of the things that occurred to me when they talked about the breathing. I was wondering what would the impact be on a person's voice? But and you said you lost you lost range for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and then April, what about your regimen? What did they have you on? Um, well, prior to the hospital, I was doing the warm liquids, the tea, uh, honey, lemon, um, drinking emergencies, um, sticking with the warm, warm water, all of that, um, and it did it did help, you know, with coughing up the 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 phlegm and, and all of that. Um, but once getting you know getting into the hospital, they you know, they had me on all type of, of, of meds and IV and all of that. So in the hospital, um, you don't have access to warm uh, tea and all of that. They're actually doing the opposite. Okay. But um, they're making sure you have water because, you know, to make sure I'm hydrated. And the water is always uh, ice water in the little cute little hospital jug that they have. That's what okay. they're doing now. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, even in in the hospital, um, when I first got, I was so weak. I was like, well, um, am I going to be having to walk to the bathroom or or, you know, to the point to where I was like, just, you know, I know it's TMI. Just do a catheter because I me getting up out of this hospital bed, going to the bathroom. That's a struggle. You know, nurse was like, no, ma'am, you can. We actually need you to get up and walk and go to the bathroom. It's like, OK, that's fine. So that that right there was a regimen. Just getting up to walk. Um, Now me getting up and going to the, the restroom in the hospital. That was maybe 10 minutes because I would just sit. Wow. Gather myself, brace myself, get up. And I would sit on the hospital bed and I would just have to sit because if I did any quick movements um, or try to get back to my normal walking speed, yeah. I would go into a, I would start coughing. So wow. if I would start coughing, I would lose breath. So I was trying to not cough <laughs> so I could breathe um, the breath that I did have. So I would sit on the side of the hospital bed. I would pick up one leg and move it over. Wait a few minutes, get my other leg up in the hospital, wait a few minutes, lay back. And the whole time in the hospital, I did not lay back because I didn't know if I would wake up. So I made sure that I would stay, you know, at a at a, a good position, 90 degree yeah, type angle, just a good position. Um, and then plus it, it helped me better just to get out the bed and move. So that was a regimen that I, that I, they, you know, they wanted to make sure that I did a walk. Um, on my own, um, but it and and I couldn't eat again, no smell, no taste. It was hospital food, okay. <laughs> so that's that's a that 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 was out, but I, I forced myself to eat a little bit. Um, and I started telling them because they would call me every day and get my menu, what I wanted. They gave me options, and I made sure that I had fruit because that was about the only thing that I could really. You know, eat was the fruit and applesauce and 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 sometimes the soup. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I I lost some some weight. Um, I'm trying to keep that weight down now, but um, like, I, I lost probably about 15 pounds. Um, because I just I, I I couldn't I couldn't eat. Wow. And I know Tammy, you said the one thing that had a taste for you because you both are saying your sense of taste. And that kind of thing, but you said the one thing that had that that had a taste for you was what? Plain Greek yogurt, which I do not like. <laughs> um, I really, well, I, I needed to be a little bit more explicit when I gave the directions to the family members 
um, about what I was looking for. I wanted the vanilla Greek yogurt, but um, they saw white. They picked up white and I didn't read it. I just trust what they said. You know, hey, we got what you needed. And when not having a sense of taste, but I decided to try it and I was like, <sighs> the tartness was real. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, all right. This, I mean, if you're not going to have the sense of taste, at least let it something permeate just a little bit, something that I would enjoy, but it was, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, but you tasted that. Then we take for granted, I'm hearing, we take for granted our gift to be able to walk around, our yes. gift to be able to breathe, our gift to be able to enjoy and taste our food our gift to, well, to express ourselves and use our voices and the gift of smell. So all of those, the senses and the faculties that we enjoy can definitely be impaired. I know, Tammy, you said something about your sense of smell. What was the other thing about that sense of smell? Like, what was that like? Well, again, I love, I'm a, I'm scent, I'm a scent person. So um, what happened because and it's no shade to anybody with, with that disclaimer. But what happened with that was because I couldn't smell and I couldn't particularly smell myself, I ended up taking like three or four showers a day because in my mind, okay, I'm sick. So I know I must be giving off an odor. So that's what I was thinking. And I'm like, okay, I have to be fresh. I can't smell me, but I need to, I need to know that I'm fresh. And I use the most, um, the strongest, the strongest uh, shower gel that I have, that it's not a light fruity scent, it's more of a thick uh, fall scent. And I could not smell it. And that drove me bananas. The fact that I'm like, I know this scent is very um, strong and I should be able to smell, I should be able to get just a glimpse of it, just a little hint. And I got nothing, but I knew that I, I asked my daughter, I was like, hey, can you smell mom? You know, this is after it gotten fresh and everything. She's like, you, you smell fine. Like, <laughs> you smell fine. I'm like, but we take it for granted. Yeah. Yes. Okay, wow. Okay, let's put this up, up real quick. We're gonna get into some comments and questions. So, hey, those of you who are tuning in, thank you for those who came in and that are saying all of this goodness. And Tana said, God is a healer. Yes, he is. And then Cassie Porter said, oh, no, give give it back to Tammy, Lord. We need that range. Make them both whole, complete the work, Lord. Because we have a what, alto and a soprano. So this COVID-19 right. trying to take out the whole choir. <laughs> give them give them back. Give it back, Lord. I believe he's giving it back to us. Yeah. We're just resting and just really getting closer to God in, in, in this time. And um, I know for me, what I took for granted, just being able to hit those notes and being, being able to hold those notes, um, still giving God praise in that. But it's almost like a little comfort level. Like, okay, I'm going to give God praise. I'm going to sing. I'm going to hit all of the notes. But now it's like, I want to sing. I really want to give my gift back. And it's 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 like, how bad do you want it? Yes. So it's it's one of those things, okay, God, you don't ever have to worry about me taking it for granted again. Wow. I got it. So, sure. so not want to go to choir rehearsal at this point, you know, you can't be like, <laughs> not today. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> I'm being messy. But anyway, <laughs> you get in the habit of going and that kind of thing. But definitely, like you said, singing for the Lord, being a voice, being an instrument, because we are his hands, his feet. We're his voice at the end of the day. If you really just want to be very simple about it, we're we're here to be used for his glory. We're but vessels. And I'm thankful that you all are here. Here's another question. Perfect segue. Latrice Nash wants to know, ladies, how has this experience changed you? Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, faith. Now, the Bible says he gives us a measure of faith, right? 
And we know some people that have faith that's out of this world. They say it, they claim it, boom, it happens, right? You know, but even more so in this situation, um, when I was leaving the hospital and my husband was in the parking lot, I'm waving to him by. He could see me, that was it. I'm in the ambulance gone. And I was like, kind of distraught. But then God said, my promises are yes and amen. Right? So right there, that was faith building. Okay, God, you with me. I got this. Now, did I feel like that the whole time? Oh, no, no, no. Because fear came. Because you hear and you saw the statistics that COVID was a death sentence. Well, it's not a death sentence. Um, but building my faith, even, even in the midst of me being in the hospital, sitting in the room by myself, um, I still maintain my worship. I had to. That worship was my breath. Wow. I had to. Um, and like the group of friends that I have, the sisters that I have, some know that I'm I love music. That's part of who I am or what what I do. Um, they would send me songs and I was like, oof. Oh, okay, let me play this one. Let me blast this one. Um, because the type of room that I was in, um, it had a very special HEPA filter machine. So it was loud in the room, but it was constantly cleaning the air. So I was constantly blasting music. So if the nurses came in, you know, I'd turn it down, but it was on and it had to be on because sometimes when I couldn't uh, utter a word, the worship was still going forth. Cleaning the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> setting the atmosphere. Um, so just building my faith in him and him showing me, because sometimes I didn't, I, I, um, with my head and not necessarily a headache, but just looking at stuff, trying to read stuff, it was, it was just, it was hard to do. Um, so that's why it's important. We got to have his word, what? Hidden in our heart. <laughs> um, so sometimes songs would just come up or just some, just scriptures and I couldn't remember it all, but I would, it, it would stick to me. And I would just rehearse it in my mind um, because God, I'm, hey, I'm your daughter. Hmm. This is, mm -mm. you told me on my way here, my promises are yes and amen. So I'm, I'm walking and believing and claiming it. Wow. And it, like the scripture was like, do not fear. I'm with you. Hmm. Do not fear. Because when that fear came, do not fear. I am with you. And I always say, that he's a great and mighty God. Well, he had to prove it to me. I knew he was, but he really had to show his daughter, April, I'm great and mighty. Are you trusting in me? Wow. Are you believing in me? What, what you claiming faith in, are, are, you, are you faith in it, right? You know, a lot of times people claim faith, but when something hit them, mm -hmm. window and fear overpowers, and he doesn't give us the spirit, the power, you know, the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And I, and that was my main thing was keeping my sound my sound mind in that because I'm isolated. So not only am I isolated from family, but he also used that time to isolate me. Hmm. And that wasn't comfortable. Hmm. Sleep on it. <laughs> it wasn't comfortable. Um, but just 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 that experience, and even now. Um, I've always had a hunger and thirst for him, but even more so, um, just because I, I, I just I just need more of him. Um, I've, the song is uh, "Great Are You, Lord," um, and quick little thing. My my mother-in-law, who is an intercessor, um, said that um, that they had been praying that God would breathe into the people's lungs. And when she said that. That Monday, when she said that, I said, oh, God, there is a song. I, it, it, I just couldn't think of it. So I had to look it up. And I was like, there is a song. And the song is great. Are you Lord? And it said, it's your breath in my lungs. Mm. So I pour out my praise to you. Oh, that is. And I was like, Lord, yes, this is where, Lord, your breath is in me. And I played that song in the atmosphere. And I set the atmosphere. And that night, I was almost gone. 
almost on a ventilator. But I think, because I couldn't do the worship like I was supposed to, but the atmosphere was set. So death had to be made. It wasn't meant, you know, um, and I've said before, in that moment of the nurses working on me, checking to see, literally, maybe four nurses, the respiratory therapists uh, coming in, putting leads on me, checking if I'm having a heart attack, you know, all of that stuff. Um, I couldn't breathe, but I decided, you know, in my mind, I've said it before, in my mind, I was screaming his name, but then I had to say his name. Mm. So it was either my breath, take a breath, or say his name. And that at that moment, that measure of faith went up a whole nother level because that activated when I said Jesus, Hmm. worried about my breath. So that that experience has has proven to me that he is the almighty, that he can do anything that's impossible because I was in an impossible situation and he yet saw to keep me here, to let people know that he is yet alive, that he is yet real, Amen. that is, is worth having him in your life, not religion, but relationship, to have that connection. Not religion, put that, that religion is all the, the denominations, that's, no. He said, give me you, relationship. I give you life for life. Right. He gave up his life for my life. Life. Right. Um, so that that's that's my experience and in, 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 in part of adding on to my ministry to let people know that relationship is over everything with it, over anything with him. If you put his, your relationship with him first, mm, great and mighty the way he'll show up. Yes. Life, you know? um, oh, yeah. I think I, I mentioned to Tammy, I still didn't post it. I'm going to do it. I probably have to do it tonight. Um, but God has given some of us, even you, Shuli, he's given some of us uh, a megaphone. Yes. So what are we going to do with it? Yes, Lord. Our voice, he's, he's magnified some of our voices. So what are we going to do with it? And He's he's in this time, in this season, in this in this isolation, in this quarantine. That's my experience is the megaphone. Hmm. Um, not everybody experienced the virus. Everybody has a voice, but some of us have that megaphone. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry, mm. I'm gonna take the answer. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> and, amen. Tammy, yeah. how has this changed you? That was, first of all, wait, let me not let that. It, that was beautiful because I'll get caught oh up in the moment. I'm like, oh God, I'll yeah. let the runner fall off this little stool and go into work <laughs> for y'all. But yeah. and that's, that's the experience. And I, I can't, I cannot go back no. to what was. Now, what was was not bad because I'm a believer. I love God, right? I, I I I am all in, you know, I do several things in the ministry, but that means nothing if I don't have the true relationship. Business is not relationship. Yeah. And I think for some believers, he's t- he's taken away that busyness to say, give give me that relationship. Give me that relationship. Um, so I, I, there, I, I can't go back to the status quo. I won't, I can't, I, I no, Mm-mm. no, because my life, he, he literally breathed into my lungs. So I have to, from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. If I love him, the scripture says, I got to love him with what? All my heart. All my heart. Oh, yes. So it was all in. <laughs> mm. 
April and is all in. She's all in. And she said this megaphone, forget the voice. It's time, it's time to be loud, be silent, be still. This is what I'm hearing. Be silent, be still. And then when you come out, like you said, speak mm-hmm. loudly and be submitted to him. You right. said so many nuggets. You're, thank you, God. Relationship over religion is that time to yeah. just know, be still and know that I am God. That's it. Oh, Tammy, come on. <laughs> how, how, how have you been changed, Lord? Well, like I said, I took for granted the voice. And um, I was st- just starting to get in that rhythm of hearing what God was saying to me and how I should speak it or how I should sing it out. And I know that I was gifted with the voice. I know that. I've been singing since I was three years old. And just not taking that for granted anymore because recognizing the sound and the anointing in the voice. I've heard when you sing, I feel chills. Well, that's the anointing. But at this point, it's not even about y'all. It's about me. I want to, I would always see people sing and they just, it just their voices, you can feel every part of them in their voice. And that's where I am because that sound has to be offered back up to him in order to draw more people to him. And I'm so grateful to God for giving me another chance um, to share his gospel and to share the gift, Mm -hmm. to give it back to him. On my post, I said I was a survivor. I recovered. But I hashtag, I'm a hashtag queen because I just don't, I think it's coming from a place where I just don't like to write full sentences anymore because I've done it so many, so much. Uh-huh. But side note, but the song that stayed in my heart as I was typing the testimony was there's a praise on the inside that I can't keep to myself. And when I say there's a holla, <laughs> there is a holla that I will release. Not tonight, but I will release. The megaphone. I was like, don't you tear the this middle. whole setup right now. Yeah, I <laughs> tore the whole setup. You know, there's a praise on the inside. Um, I, I definitely can't keep it to myself. I will not. I shall not. I shan't keep it to myself. That's how serious I am about it because to even have this much of a voice and not have to catch my breath and how much I love to sing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to give it back. And that's what I, I learned, not to take the gifts mm-hmm. for granted. Mm-hmm. Because gifted people, all three of us, gifted people, we move and we maneuver with no effort. Like what is difficult for somebody else is easier for us. Some things that's difficult for us is easier for others because they're gifted in those different um, capacities. But for us, the gifts, guilty, taking it for granted because I just move, I just do it. Like it won't take me long, I can can handle that. The procrastination because of the gift. So not taking the gifts for granted, sharpening, perfecting the gift to an extent. The only way to perfect it is to give it back to God and allow him to use the gift that he's gifted you with. And that's what I learned. That's what I'm taking away from this. Nothing for granted and no one for granted. Nothing and no one not your gifts, not being able to see your friends and loved ones' faces that like long time no see, like that has new meaning, 
all of that mm -hmm. kind of thing. It just makes you think about your interactions. And as I get ready to close out, I'm again, thankful to be able to use my gift, like you said, this platform, because I was sitting on it. And when I saw all of these things happening, God said, now, and I moved now because I was planning it out and it needs to be perfect. And I, and I, it, in my head, it had to be perfect. And I was trying to figure all of these kind of things out. And when God told me now to do it for such a time as this, then I just moved on it. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that you ladies live to share your stories, that your testimonies are so powerful. And like you said, that even when you thought that you were touching the people and reaching and being submitted to God, that like never before that he is going to use you all for his glory and that people will be forever changed just from being in your presence and all of the gifts that have yet to be activated beyond your voices, just that power. Speak it is really about the ashe, which is a West African term. And I have to throw that out there is the, the power of your words to speak a thing into existence. And we know that that is word. And I thank you all for coming to speak it with me. And I, I extend my hands to you all more health, more blessings. May God continue to breathe into you both and restore your voices, restore your breathing that you begin to, to walk upright, to walk faster, to do all of those things that you couldn't do, that he makes you more agile than before, right? That he gives you more insight, that he gives you more vision and that you continue to be blessed. And for all of you that tuned in, they're showing you love. They're appreciative for your testimonies. I hope that this word, and well, I'm saying the word, look, I hope that this word blessed you all that tuned in in such a way that you won't take your gifts for granted. And until next time, make sure you go out, use your voice and speak it. Have a good night. Good night. You too. Good night. God bless. Thank you. God bless. Thank you.